Good afternoon, podcast listeners. This is Rob Plouffe. Welcome back to Mid-Michigan Bowling News, the podcast for bowlers in the greater Flint area and the state of Michigan. Welcome to podcast number 18 in Mid-Michigan Bowling News. It is July 7th, 2020. We should have started summer workouts last night at Richfield Bowl for the high school bowling, but because of the coronavirus, we still don't have any open bowling alleys in our area, so no one's bowling yet, and we have no idea when the bowling alley is going to open. We thought it was going to be yesterday, but it looks like it could be a little while. Still waiting on our governor here in Michigan. Um, this podcast, I have a couple of special guests with me tonight from the Kersley Bowling Team, and uh, one of them, Megan Tim, was our uh, individual state champion this year, and her and I were guests on the Gary Fisher radio show, uh, Fish in the Flint Chronicles, back in mid-March, and that inspired me to start these podcasts. So um, I would like to welcome Megan Tim and Samantha Tim to the show. Hello. Hello. Hi. (laughs) So um, Megan is going to be a senior, is a senior now, and Sam just recently graduated from Kersley High School. Both of them Kersley students and members of the Kersley bowling team. I invited them because I would like to ask them some questions to get a little different perspective from some bowlers and uh, maybe some a little different perspective about Kersley bowling from a couple of girls on the team that I that I coached. So here we go. Um, I'm gonna start with Sam. Sam and Megan, both, um, but Sam played multiple sports in high school. She was on the swimming team, the tennis team, and the bowling team, and you said... Cross country freshman year. Cross country your freshman year. So, the question is, do you think playing multiple sports helped you in bowling, or do you think it hurt you? I think it definitely helped because it keeps you active so that you're not just like sitting around the other seasons that you're not bowling. And so when you go to the bowling alley and you're bowling for hours on end, you actually are like ready for those tournaments and you're not just like like dead because you've just been sitting around doing nothing. So, so the, the playing multiple sports helped your stamina. Yes. Yep. Plus your uh, former coach used to encourage you to work out. What do you think of that? <laughs> <laughs> you know, that helps too. You know, like you got to stay active or like the same thing goes with the stamina. You have to stay active or else you're just going to have a hard time keeping up with everyone else during the tournament if you're not doing that. Megan, same thing. You uh, swam, played tennis and bowling. Mm-hmm. Do you think that it helped or hurt? I definitely think it helped. Swimming and tennis, you use your legs a lot, tennis especially because you're running, but you use your legs a lot in bowling too, so it helps build strength throughout the whole year so that, like Samantha said, you're not just sitting around doing nothing. But, yeah, I think it definitely helped build stamina and strength and stuff. You guys do realize that college coaches, when they look at high school athletes, they look for multiple sport athletes? Mm -hmm. Why do you think that is? Well, if you are on multiple teams, then you can probably work well with other people. So that would be a thing. And you could also, like, manage your time really well if you're Uh, doing multiple sports Mm -hmm. and then you're doing your academics as well. Yes, that's huge. Good answer. Okay, next question for Sam. 
you bounced back and forth between the varsity and the JV teams your freshman and your sophomore years for the high school bowling team. Um, why don't you tell everyone about your experience with that and do you think that it helped you become a better bowler or do you think it hurt? Well, freshman year I started on JV and then moved up to varsity and then we won the state title and then sophomore year I started on varsity and moved down to JV and that definitely sucked but I think it made me better in the end because I had to work a lot harder to get back to where I wanted to be on the varsity team the next year. So as much as it sucked being in that situation, I think it definitely helped me in the long run. It didn't hurt. Yeah, I mean, my ego was a little bruised, <laughs> but other than that, it was... It all worked out. It did, yeah. Um, you had a fantastic junior year and a fantastic senior season. Um, so, yeah, it uh, the system that I used... Um, definitely rewarded you for for hard work and uh, the scores and when the scores are there you're rewarded from it so um, I think what you're saying is you agree with the system yes for sure it, it sucked um, having to go back to the JV team mm -hmm. after being on the varsity team but in the long run it, it definitely yes uh, you made out no mm -hmm. doubt about it um, Megan you won the Division II Individual State Championship this year in early March. Unfortunately, you uh, didn't get to celebrate too much with your classmates and stuff at school because the coronavirus hit. School got closed a few days after you went back, and you really didn't get the recognition that you deserve. But you were interviewed on TV, you were interviewed mm -hmm. on the Gary Fisher show, I'm interviewing you. Um, the opportunities are, are coming because I, I know for a fact I'm getting coaches, college coaches calling me asking about you. So um, tell everyone what it feels like to win a state championship, an individual state championship. Uh, honestly, it's weird. I don't really feel like I won. I just think back and I'm like, oh wow. I won. Or I watch videos that people posted on Facebook, and it's just cool to see everyone behind me supporting me. It wasn't just me that won that day. It was my family, my coaches, my teammates, everybody. They're supporting me. Um, I don't know. It was weird. <laughs> You're going to have a banner up at the bowling alley. Yeah, that'll with be With your cool. name on it forever and ever. Yeah, that'll be cool. Look up and see it when I'm there. Lots of lots of little kids will be looking up to you mm -hmm. for years to come. They're going to say, hey, that's the girl that's got the banner <laughs> up there at the bowling alley. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, you'll find out it's definitely going to open some doors for you. Mm -hmm. So elaborate a little bit about the, uh, the whole experience of winning the state title. Like, you just barely made the cut. Mm -hmm. You had to bowl the defending state champ the first round. Tell us, like, how how did it all play out? What, what do you remember? Uh, I just remember you telling me to focus on my spares and hitting my mark and just let, let myself do the work and don't stress about anything. But honestly, I think the challenge matches at practice prepared me for it because it's two games, total pins. We were always fighting against each other for our spots, so I think it really helped prepare me for that kind of situation. Um, I don't know. It was just 
it was a marathon. It was definitely a long day, but you just told me to stay focused, focus on the end, or focus on what I'm doing in the moment. Don't worry about what the end has to hold. Just make your spares, move on to the next frame. If you don't make a spare, just move on, make a good shot the next time. And you did. I did. <laughs> Remember I had the book in my hand? Mm-hmm. What, what did the book say? Nothing special about this shot. Every single time. Yep. I was writing it down on my score sheet, too, the whole time. Anything to add? Nope. <laughs> so, question for both of you. You both won a team state title. Unfortunately, not this year, but last year. In 2019, um, our team actually won, it's crazy to think about, our sixth, sixth straight state title last year. You both were a big part of that. Um, you were the leadoff bowler on that team, Sam. And Megan, you were the number three, three bowler mm -hmm. last year. What, what was the feeling of winning a state title, both of you? And then, um, Megan, what's the difference between winning a team title and an individual title? I mean, we're like the first set of like sisters to win together so i think that was just special in itself and then she was like the first person that i saw when we won like when i turned around and like knew that we won she was like the first person that was there that i hugged so it was really cool to be able to experience something like that with her because i've grown up with her she's only a year younger than me so we've done everything together yeah yeah <laughs> uh I think it was cool. It showed that all of our hard work, our summer workouts, everything, it showed that it paid off in the end. We worked really hard for it all season, all year. I, it was just, it was cool. But, I don't know. I wish we could have done it this year, but doing it once was pretty cool. It was a nice feeling. So, we didn't win it this year. We finished third in the state this year. Um, which, yes, uh, it's disappointing, but to look back on it, Third in the state is pretty darn good. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of teams that never ever get that far. What, um, after you think about what happened this season, how much more special does it make it from last year? Does it make you realize how hard it is? Mm -hmm. Definitely. The I think the worst thing about it was the realization that we weren't going to get to bowl together again after everything was over. I mean, it sucked to lose because we had done so well all season and we had won last year. We were going for our seventh in a row, but yeah, it was definitely hard because we were never gonna get to do it again. So. You're talking about you two together. Yeah. But you got another shot. Mm -hmm. You're gonna be a senior this year. Your team's gonna be really, really strong <laughs> again this year. Yeah. You have some very good bowlers coming back. Um, you got, there's literally six or seven girls on that team that could win a state title again, mm -hmm. even individually. So you got another shot at it. You realize how hard it was to do a couple of years ago and how disappointing it was this year. So go work your tail off and go get it. Mm -hmm. So the second part of my question was, What's the difference between a team title and an individual title? Um, well, 
with the team, it's cool because you get to celebrate it and you all did it together. You all worked to, toward one goal and it was just cool to celebrate with everyone because when you're when you have your teammates, you have each other to lean on or fall back on if somebody's struggling. You can always support each other and hold each other up. But with individual, you don't really have that. So it's harder, obviously, but it's just, I don't know. I guess it wasn't really different. The emotions were the same. It was just weird to be celebrating by myself because we had celebrated together the whole season. And then in the end, it was just me. It was just... Which weird. one's better? Or the, are they I both think, the same? I think the team was better. Working, We were all working towards the same goal. And to finally accomplish it all together was very cool. Definitely rewarding. That's cool to hear. Mm. Anything to add? Mm. To make you a little emotional to think about? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's weird. <laughs> I don't know. That's all I can say is it's weird. But just turning around when I threw my final shot, when I picked up my 610, I had done really good with those all day. But turning around to see everyone there behind me was just a really cool feeling. Knowing everyone that supported me along the way was just, it was cool. That is cool to hear. All right, Sam, next question. I wrote this down. I said, Sam, hit the jackpot. You got nearly a full-ride scholarship to a Division I school, St. Francis University in Pennsylvania. Um, you are probably the only Kersley student that's graduating this year that got a scholarship like that to go away to school for a sport that you play. And the amount of money that you are receiving for a scholarship is you hit the lottery. Um, tell us what it feels like to know that your education is basically going to be paid for and you get to participate in the sport that you love. And give us some suggestions for future girls on how did you get to that point? Um, so it's definitely like a cool feeling to know that I don't have to worry about how I'm going to pay for my education because I know that's a concern for a lot of people. Um, so having that um, taken care of just relieved a lot of stress for sure. And the fact that I was able to get that scholarship, it wasn't just from bowling. I got some from academics as well. So that's one thing. Make sure that you keep up with your academics because coaches will also look at your academics as well as your um athletics um so make sure you keep your grades up that's a big thing um yeah and it was just really nice to know that someone had seen my accomplishments and I was getting rewarded for that that was definitely a big thing when I found out the scholarship that he was offering me um so that was really cool um and one thing that I would definitely say when you're looking for colleges is make sure that you go visit them because when I stepped onto that campus, I knew that that's where I wanted to be. Like I knew that that was home and I met some of the girls from the team and they just felt like they were who I was meant to be with. So definitely make sure you tour the campus and if you can, you can bowl on the campus as well and that really gives you a sense of how it's gonna be. Yeah. So suggestions for 
other suggestions for girls that are coming up? Like, what can you do to get to that point? Well, definitely make yourself known. Um, there's lots of like pages that you can use on Facebook for sure for like coach coaches recruiting, um, and you can do uh, the MJMAs and the Great Lakes Junior Gold. There's a lot of college coaches that go to those as well, and they'll notice you there. So that's definitely a good thing. And I know the Junior Gold they have a college showcase. So if you're able to make it to that, then that's definitely a good way to um, have coaches notice you. Look into Junior Gold for mm -hmm. sure. Uh, MJMA is the greatest organization in the state of Michigan. <laughs> um, Jeff Wirtz does a heck of a job with the Great Lakes Junior Gold uh, Tour, so for sure. Um, how about this? This is my speaking from your perspective. As the coach, if you want to be successful, follow your work ethic. Because in my 15 years of coaching, you are the only person who called me a week after the state finals and said, can we start working out for next year? So work ethic. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. It's, you definitely have to work for it. It's not just something that you're going to be given. You definitely have to put in the work and it's a struggle sometimes, but you get there. Some really cute All right. Things. Back to uh, the next question for both of you. Um, we do a lot of drills and a lot of challenges on the Curse Girls bowling team. What do you think the best drill is that we do? And what challenge taught you the most during your high school career? I think one steps are probably my favorite because you can really focus on like pretty much every aspect of your game while you're doing it. Like you focus on your slide and then your release as well as your um, swing and your follow through. So I think that one's definitely beneficial and we did that one a lot. So. And the finish. Mm -hmm. yes. Gotta stick the yes, finish. for sure. <laughs> Yep, and the balance arm, it's just everything that helps tie everything together. So I think the one step definitely helped me throughout my high school career. Yeah, I think the one step or the stand at the line, because I've always spun the ball. So that really helps me to work on my release, focus on like mainly my release, but it also makes sure you're finishing nice and that you have all the aspects at the foul line are good because that's the most important spot when you're bowling. That's one of the things I honestly really took a lot of pride in throughout the years coaching was to make sure that you guys had the finish. Mm -hmm. And uh, when Mo Pinnell came out and worked out with you guys, that he always said, stick the finish. And mm -hmm. uh, he actually shied away from some of the guys because mm -hmm. they don't do that. Right. And uh, he really liked the way that our girls finish and I've gotten a lot of compliments through the years from other coaches um, when we go to tournaments when we go to regionals and states people are like we know who those Kersley girls are you just got to watch them finish <laughs> so it's good to hear that you like those drills so which uh, you, you both talked about the drills that you liked which challenges did you like that um, that I challenged you with that like the end of practice challenges. There's too many to remember. What's what's your favorite um, one? I think the ones where you had to like strike or spare a certain amount. Like mm -hmm. the ones where you had to go like eight lanes or whatever. Yeah. And spare and strike all yeah. the time. I think those ones are really beneficial because like that's almost an entire game. So if you can do it at practice then you can do it during a match or a tournament. Right. So I think that really helps prepare you mm -hmm. because that helps your mental game. You're like, okay, I can do this. So it really 
helps you figure it out for a tournament or something. So. Right. I think yeah. the long challenges are the best ones mm-hmm. for my for me. So. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. Same thing for you. Yeah. You like those longer ones. Mm-hmm. So if you've listened to my previous pod podcast, you've listened to Bob Tubbs and I both talk about working out with Don Hargraves. You guys don't know who Don Hargraves is, but um, we had to do those challenges. When mm-hmm. we were 18, 19, 20-year-old kids, um, we would go work out, and Don would say, okay, uh, we went to roll away one time. You're going to start on lane one, and you're going to mark on every lane, oh. and when you get to lane 12, you have to strike, and if you don't strike, you start all over. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you what, that is a difficult challenge. It so definitely sucks. That is, yeah. that is some of what I brought to our practices, and it was because I learned a lot from it. Mm-hmm. Um, you learn a lot about yourself, too, because um, a lot of times you'll see kids will just give up. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've never seen that on our on our team. I and definitely focus on your mental strength. Mm-hmm. Because if after a while, if you were struggling and you started to get angry, you would just get worse and worse. So making sure you stayed focused and not get too stressed out made sure you just... Yeah, some of the things, like, through the years, I think back already, I've only not been coaching for a few months now, but when I first started coaching, I would tell the girls at the end of practice, I want you to throw a strike. Mm-hmm. And I had some girls that could not do it. Mm-hmm. They did not finish practice with a strike. And that worked its way up to 15 years later, I would tell you guys to throw a four-bagger to finish mm-hmm. practice, and there was no problem right. with all seven girls doing it. Yeah. That's when you know your team is really, really mm-hmm. strong mm-hmm. When, when you see that. At so, tournaments, when you get up in the 10th frame, you just hear your voice in the back. Okay, you need a turkey to go home. <laughs> that's good. Hopefully, it's always there. Yeah. Okay, that's good to hear that. So, um, Sam, this question's for you. I'll ask this one to you too, Megan, but give me uh, some of your favorite memories of high school bowling. I would say shooting the 300 at the Bay City tournament was definitely a highlight. The Baker Team 300? Yes, that, that was, was wild. That was pretty cool. Was cool. Yes, um, just like seeing the gradual increase in emotion throughout <laughs> each person that threw the ball, that was just really funny to watch. Um, like, I was in the sixth frame, so I was just kind of chilling, but everyone else after me, they were a little bit stressed out. So it was like, it was, it was, it was cool to see how everybody dealt with that situation and like just went up and did what they had to do, and then we did it. So that was really cool. Um, I think um, another thing, um, Addison, the girl that um, you, you work with her dad, um, definitely being able to work with her is something that that's really cool. Um, she's like super sweet and I love being able to help her with her game. Um, cause she bowls kind of like me cause she's left-handed. So it's just like really cool to have somebody that looks up to you like that. So, Talking about Addison Calvert, George yeah. Calvert's daughter, mm-hmm. who is going to be in seventh grade this year. Sounds right. Look out for that name. Listen to remember that name because she's going to be bowling for Grand Blank mm-hmm. in a couple of years, and that girl is going to be good. Mm-hmm. Yep, and she's smart, so yep. yeah, got you both ways. <laughs> Megan, a couple of uh, your favorite memories so far from high school bowling, and you get to make some more hopefully this year. Yeah. Uh, I would say winning states last year was really cool. Um, yeah, we do a lot of fun things. Team bondings are really fun. 
we get together and eat food. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think one of the There's biggest things that helped uh, helped us throughout the years was having like dinner here yeah. before regionals mm-hmm. because it gave us a chance to like de-stress mm-hmm. and that food is pretty good. So <laughs> that's always a good time. So we could come and get our stuff cleaned and then we would be all set and ready to go yeah. for the regionals. And then that just carried over to states. <laughs> yeah. So what you're talking about is uh, my tradition that I started many, many years ago was to invite my team here to my house and buy Italia Gardens and get them all carved up before we go to regionals the following day. Um, traditionally, our regionals would be someplace that we could drive to, like we went to <laughs> Owasso for many years. We went to um, Mason one year. We were Cherry Hill a couple of times. But this year, they sent us to Gaylord. <laughs> so we couldn't do it the night yeah. before. So we had to do it the two nights before. Um, but um, what I would do is invite everyone over and tell them to bring their equipment because I got my own ball spinner and I would clean everybody's equipment and get it ready for regionals, um, which in my mind uh, made a big difference too because not only were you guys chilling out, having a good time, getting carved up, but your equipment was getting ready as well. Yeah. So that was one of the traditions that I have done for many, many years. Um, I'm not sure if Kevin is going to continue that or not. And uh, Bart, I think Bart does that with the boys. Mm -hmm. He gets the boys together for dinner. So um, that's cool to hear. Um, Okay, let's talk a a little bit because we are, what, 25 minutes into this? Let's talk a little bit about the mental game. So um, you guys both know, and if you've listened to any of my podcasts, you know I'm huge on the mental game. You guys obviously know that because you've bowled for me for many years. But how big of a role do you think the mental game plays in competition? What percentage would you say is mental in competition? I'll ask you a few more after you answer that. I know most people would say like 90, but I'd probably say like 85%. Just because like... You gotta have the form down and the approach and everything. So I think it'd be like 85, 87-ish. 87. 87 percent. Yeah. Just to be different. Yeah. Megan, what do you think? I think it's definitely a big part of it. After long long tournaments, you start getting tired, but you just think to yourself, you gotta push through so you can fight to the end. I don't know. It's definitely important. Getting stressed out after when you start bowling bad. It just never works out. So if you have a strong mental game and you can face a challenge and get over it as quickly as possible, it's definitely rewarding. So some of you touched a little bit on uh, our practices where we do challenge matches and you bowl against your teammates. Mm-hmm. Um, I caught a lot of I caught a lot of flack through the years for doing that. There's a lot of people that don't agree mm-hmm. with doing you know matching up your teammates to bowl against each other. Um, but that is a huge part of the mental game. Yes, and sure. you touched on it, winning the state title. You said that uh, doing the challenge matches in practice really helped out in the state finals. Mm-hmm. That's exactly why we do it. Mm-hmm. So that you're prepared for that. You know you know what's going to happen. Because, I mean, let's be honest, our team's been good enough that you could end up bowling your teammate for a state mm-hmm. title. You never know. Right. You never know how that's going to work out. Yeah. So it's good to practice that. So... Um, the mental game, you, you both are multiple sport athletes. Do you ever use 
some of what you were taught in bowling mental game in your other sports? I would I definitely used it in swimming because I always got nervous before each race. Like, I don't know why, I just, that stage fright, I guess. I would just get super nervous before, every time when I stepped up on that block, I'd get super nervous. But then I would just start thinking, like, once you do it, once you get in the water, you're going to be fine and everything will be okay. So, you just got to go for it. You can't hesitate. Just go. <laughs> yeah. Megan? I think, I think I, out of swimming and tennis, I think tennis, I used it the most because... After you hit a shot and you're like, oh, I could have done so much better. You don't, you shouldn't get angry because then you'll just do even worse. So if you hit a bad shot, just get over it and then make sure you don't do the same thing again. Because getting angry doesn't help anything. Mary Wheeler was one who told me um, when she was in track, uh, she used to throw the discus. Mm -hmm. She said, Rob, um, I did really, really well in the competition and I was doing all the mental game techniques that you taught in bowling while I was throwing the discus. And I was like, oh, that's cool, Mary. Mm -hmm. I like to hear that. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. So it's cool to hear that it does help. So are there anything um, from your other sports mental game wise that you applied to bowling? Mm. Um, don't focus on the other people around mm -hmm. you. Like, if you want to do good, you have mm -hmm. to focus on what you're doing and what you're doing only. Um, obviously, it's different if you're bowling with your team, but you just have to focus on your game and how you're throwing the ball and everything like that. Like if you're worried about everybody else bowling around you, your competition, then you're just not going to do as well. So definitely just keep your eye on the Which prize. sport did you learn that from? Swimming. Because uh -huh. if you look over at your competition, it slows you down. Mm -hmm. So, uh -huh. yes. So did your coach work on that with you? Mm -hmm. Yep, mm -hmm. you're not allowed to look. You can yeah. look to breathe, and that's all you can look out of the water yeah. for. Oh, that's so. good. That's mm -hmm. good to hear. Yep. Um, okay, I only got a few more questions for you guys. Did you want to talk any more about the mental game? Anything at all? Like uh, your coach used to make you give you some homework, make you read something? <laughs> like... Oh, yeah, that book. I've read that a few times. <laughs> yeah. um, another thing with the challenge matches, I think it gave you a sense of what it's like to lose. Mm -hmm. So if you lost your challenge match, then you're like, I don't want to feel like that again. So I think that's a big reason that we like want to win as bad as we do because we hate the feeling of losing. And obviously everyone does, but we go through challenge matches so we know what the losing feels like more than people would believe. So <laughs> I think that definitely helps. That's true. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, just something for anybody that's listening out there. My 15 years of coaching, I've seen a ton of tears at practices yeah. for girls who lost a challenge match yep. and lost a spot. And I can't tell you how many times I've explained it. I'm sure I've explained it to you too. Like, if you're in the number three spot and you lose your challenge, your challenge, challenge match, now you're number four. What does it right. really matter? Yeah. It makes you're no still difference. a starter. Yeah. It really doesn't matter. But mm -hmm. you guys are so competitive, you don't want to give that mm -hmm. spot up. So you're upset about it. And, mm -hmm. and I understand that. And I'm cool with it. I learned to deal with the tears because um, you guys were as passionate as I am about mm -hmm. it. So I was okay. I was okay mm -hmm. with that. Um, let's talk a little bit about equipment because you guys, you two in particular, are uh, very, very lucky <laughs> yes. that uh, you have the support of your parents that you do. Um, and I've never, I've never seen a bowling ball <laughs> rack of brand new bowling balls in a basement like your dad has. 
Um, so what, what do you guys have to say about equipment? Um, how important do you think it is? Um, tell us what you think about maybe different brands. Like, you know, certain people get hung up on, like, I got to throw a hammer. I'm throwing a hammer ball and that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us what you think about that, both of you. Well, I think you definitely have to clean your equipment after, like, each game. I, well, not each game, but every, like, tournament or match, I wipe my ball off before every shot, which is part of my pre-shot routine. But it also helps, I guess, have a more consistent roll on the ball. So definitely make sure you clean your equipment. And you have to have a variety. Um, not so much in high school bowling because usually the pattern is the same. You know, they bowl on house shot or Randy Allen. But you still have to have a few different things in case one doesn't work. Um, but, yeah, just make sure you have a variety in your bag. And make sure you keep everything clean. And don't leave them out in the cold because that's bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I throw mostly EBI, but that's changed now because of the whole Brunswick merge thing. But what, I don't... what I really want you to touch on is what ball did you win the state title with? <laughs> and would you have ever, ever imagined yourself doing that well with that brand? Well, that was my first 900 global ball that I'd ever gotten drilled. What and was it? I, it was a Desert Ops. Um, I had got it the week before, and I, well, I had it for a while. I just got it drilled the week before, and I used it at practice during a challenge match, and I shot 289 and 240-something. So I was really confident in that ball going into regionals and states. But, yeah, I definitely didn't think I was going to be throwing a brand that I'd never even thrown to win a state title. And it was an older ball. Yeah. It wasn't a brand spanking new right. 900 Global. That's an yeah. older one. It's a few years old. Yeah. And you won the regional title with it, mm-hmm. and you won a state title with it. Mm-hmm. And you only got it drilled a week before you went to regionals. Mm-hmm. The key that you just said there that everyone needs to understand is confidence. Mm-hmm. When you bowled those games in practice, your confidence just went through the roof. Mm-hmm. You knew you had something in your hand that was going to work. Yeah. And it did. Mm-hmm. And you didn't have to switch. You used it all day long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the lesson, if anybody's learning about your equipment, is don't get hung up on you got to throw the same, like if you're stuck on hammer, I got to throw a hammer ball or I got to throw a roto grip ball. Mm-hmm. It took me a long time to learn that myself. Mm-hmm. I was stuck on, I wanted storm equipment. Then I, um, I went to roto grip. I think it's good to have, uh, a variety. Mm-hmm. Right now, obviously, my favorite stuff is radical. <laughs> I think Mo Pinnell is a genius, mm-hmm. and uh, I would love to see every one of our girls have six radical bowling balls in their bowling bag. But you proved you don't have to do that. Mm-hmm. The 900 Global worked for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, my daughter Hannah, one of her most favorite balls, I think if you'll ask her, the, the best ball she ever had was a 900 Global. It was called an Eagle. Mm-hmm. Um, she won MJMA. With the, mm-hmm. with the eagle. Um, that ball was drilled specifically to move in deep and play fourth mm-hmm. arrow with, and she killed it with that ball mm-hmm. whenever she pulled it out. It was uh, that's a great ball. So the lesson is don't get stuck on, on one type of equipment. Mm-hmm. Know what you got and know when to change and when to use it. Mm-hmm. Do you guys feel like um, if your coach wasn't around and you were all, all on your own, your parents weren't around and you 
had to make a change, you would know what to do? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And how did you learn that? Just experience. Yeah, just doing it mm-hmm. during competitions. From like an MGMA, junior mm-hmm. gold tournaments? Yeah. Yes. You definitely have to have a variety of different experiences before you figure out how to do that. Like bowling, MJMAs, and junior gold definitely helps you figure out um, ways to play the lane because mm-hmm. those patterns are a whole lot different than what you bowl on in high school. So I think those really help you. Mm-hmm. And the finish position is really, it goes back to that. If you stay at the line and watch what the ball does, then you know how to make the proper adjustments. But if you think you throw a bad shot and you turn around and walk away, you don't know what it did. What it, did. it could have come back and struck or something. As long as you have to watch it so you know what you have to do to uh-huh. strike. Good lesson. Mm-hmm. Good lesson for people. You're absolutely right. Um, okay, a couple more questions. So, Sam, you are now a former Kersley High School <laughs> bowler. Yeah. And, Megan, you'll be going into your senior year. But um, what's it, what do you think it means to be a Kersley Hornet bowler? What do you think that means now? What does it mean to you, and what do you think people think of that? We definitely have a close-knit group of girls, and I think you don't really see that with a lot of other teams, so I think that's really special about us because a lot of us have been bowling together since we were, like, middle school because we have the middle school program. So we've bowled together for so long that once you get to high school, you're already used to being around each other, and you already have friends that you get to bowl with and you get excited to go bowling because you get to bowl with your friends. And so I think definitely that's something that helps us out that we, ha- we get to bowl with people that we like. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Add, add to it, Megan. Well, I know what's it, what's it mean to be a Kersley Hornet. Well, when I was little and I was looking up to your daughters and watching everything they did, I knew I wanted to be a part of the legacy that they were starting and, it's just cool to know that you were part of something so strong, like such a good legacy, just champions, I don't know. And when it's, you walk into the bowling alley, people yeah. know exactly yeah. who you Curse are. Is here. <laughs> and like, I remember at regionals, um, Alice and Ibel and I stayed to watch the boys bowl, mm-hmm. and we had some random people like from the boys parents from other teams like talking to us because we still had our curly stuff on and so you just have random people walk up to you all the time being like oh my gosh you guys are so good and like all of that Mm -hmm. talking about how good our team is and everything and so you'll have random people from other teams like the athletes and they'll just come over and talk to you about random stuff because everybody knows who we are so it makes it really easy for people to come talk to you so you've You've built a nice network of people that you know yes, because sure. you're a part of something very mm-hmm. successful. Mm-hmm. Yes, for sure. It's cool. Mm-hmm. So you guys have heard this story before. I don't know if I've said this on a podcast or not, but my thought when I started coaching was, I actually asked some of the girls when I first started, what do you guys think of Kersley Athletics? And I said, oh, we suck. We're terrible. Our football team wins one game a year. Our basketball team wins one game a year. We're, we're terrible. And I said, I don't want to hear that anymore. Mm-hmm. I really don't. I, I'm a Kersley grad, and I wanted to. I wanted people to be proud of being a Kersley Hornet. So that's my reasoning for asking you the question: mm-hmm. is like, what's it mean to be a Kersley Hornet? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we got there. Mm-hmm. We're there. 
Mm-hmm. And the wrestling team and the football team did really good this year too. So we're our football team was amazing this yes. year. Mm-hmm. And it was really cool to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and I said it for many many years is I I didn't understand why our other sports were not successful when we were able to build it on the bowling mm-hmm. team. So I knew there was some good kids there and some good things could happen and they are happening. Good mm-hmm. things are happening at Kersley. It's cool to see. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so the last thing we're gonna cover, we're 40 minutes in, so we're plenty of time. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about um, the coronavirus. Yuck. It has ruined the end of the bowling season, you guys were lucky enough to get the state finals mm-hmm. in. You were like one of the only sports to do that. Yeah. But we were unable to have our banquet. We still have not had our banquet, um, mm-hmm. which is bothering me. <laughs> um, you haven't been able to practice. I know for a fact that you guys have driven out of state to yeah. go mm-hmm. try to throw a bowling ball because yeah. there are not any bowling alleys open in this area. And it doesn't look like they're going to be opening anytime soon. Mm-hmm. So what's your thoughts on the coronavirus and... Um, have you heard any anything about what how that's going to affect maybe the upcoming bowling season, maybe for college and or high school? Well, it's definitely a pain. <laughs> um, it was definitely weird to finish out my like senior year of high school online. Never expected that to happen. And then it was it kind of worked out because I took uh, I am having I have two online classes for college this summer. So I just went straight from my online classes from high school to my online classes for college. So it worked out in that sense. But yeah, it's definitely strange. Um, I didn't get to see my friends for a while and that kind of sucked. But I'm glad that we got to finish the season because some of the girls that I'm bowling with in college, they didn't even get to have their state final. So they didn't get to finish their season at all. So we were definitely lucky to get to finish our season. And um I'm pretty sure that we're only having conference matches next season. We're not going to be doing the big tournaments in like Vegas and all that. Oh, that stinks. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we're just doing conference matches. So definitely going to be a little disappointing, but it is what it is. You got to keep people safe. So we shall see. Hopefully we can do a little bit more, but it is what it is. What do you think, Megan? Uh, Well... I know me and Samantha are in the bowling alley all year round, at least three or four days a week. So it's definitely going to be different. I think numbers are going to be lower this year just because so many people haven't been able to get in the bowling alley and work on their fundamentals and their techniques and everything. Because we were in the bowling alley every week working on certain aspects of our game, and we haven't been able to do that this year. So it's going to be, it'll definitely be different in the scoring aspect, but I feel like if people want to work and they want to get better, then they're going to be willing to go somewhere else to bowl. Because I know we've gone out of state three or four different times to bowl. I personally have, but I don't know. I think... There's some bowling alleys open up in the uh, yeah. upper yeah. Yeah. Up yes. state. Yep. Yeah. Is open. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so they'll be good. Yeah. So but, there's some opportunities for yeah. people. Um, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, not right here in our backyard, mm-hmm. but there is some opportunities for that. So mm-hmm. um, if you listen to our last podcast with um, Mr. Tubbs, they are already discussing changing conference matches so that 
the entire conference doesn't bowl together, mm. the Flint Metro Conference, <laughs> for next year. So that possibility could be out there that if things remain the way they are, that you could be bowling, like Grizzly could be bowling flushing, and it just be you two, mm. the, uh, the boys and the girls from Kersey. Mm. Bowling, the boys and girls from Flushing, that's it. I hate it when it's like that. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, ter it's terrible fun. for our sport. It's terrible yes. for the conference. I think it's terrible for all the kids because mm -hmm. that's the that's what really drew me to high school bowling was mm -hmm. having all of those teams and all those people in there together mm -hmm. is really cool. Yes. Mm -hmm. But I do understand that they have, there's they're going to have to keep people apart. Mm -hmm. Right. So the other thing that's really going to hurt in high school bowling is the tournaments. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. They're going to have a really hard time running tournaments yes. at the beginning of the season for sure. Mm -hmm. And I have no idea what they're going to do for regionals or state finals with that yeah. many people in the bowling alley. But yeah. I'm sure things are going to change. Mm -hmm. So what's your guys' feelings on uh, wearing a mask while you bowl? Um, Can't be too bad. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I wear it when I go out in public anyway. So yeah, I wear it yeah. for work. So Can't If, I, if you want to bowl, you're going to do whatever exactly. you have to do to be able to bowl. That was my thoughts exactly. Mm -hmm. I said yeah. that in my last podcast. If I want to bowl and mm -hmm. they tell me I have to wear a mask, then I'm going to wear a mask. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. You're going to do what you have to do. Mm -hmm. right. If you love the sport and you want to do it, then you mm -hmm. do what they're asking you to do. Yeah. I'm afraid it's going to drive a lot of people away. Yeah. I'm afraid that the coronavirus has really put a hurt on the bowling centers. Mm -hmm. um, it's really put a hurt on our area for, like, we didn't get to do middle school bowling, so... Mm -hmm. There could be some kids out there that would have bowled middle school that would have continued on to high school that may not ever do it. Mm -hmm. I don't know that we'll ever get them. Yeah. Um, there's no doubt that this whole coronavirus has affected the sport, but I think it's really going to affect the bowling centers, and um, the teams and the conferences are definitely going to be different. I did mm -hmm. not know that St. Francis was not planning on traveling, which mm -hmm. means several other colleges are going to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. There will be no traveling. That really stinks because um, I know if the college uh, teams do the same as the high school teams. Those tournaments are fundraisers for their mm -hmm. for their program, so yeah. they're they're missing out on funds that they'll never be able to recoup. That really stinks. Mm -hmm. But you said it. You're gonna do what you gotta do. Right. That means throwing out some boards in your backyard and throwing the ball. Then yeah. that's what you're gonna do, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's what some people do. Okay, do you guys have anything you want to add? If your regionals is in a foot of snow, embrace it. <laughs> I just got to say that. It's a good time. <laughs> it is more than a foot of snow. <laughs> yeah, we went to Gaylord this year, and uh, the, the weather forecast was not calling for a foot of snow, but we got it. Yeah. And uh, I'll tell you what, um, when, when I was told back in September, October, that we were going to Gaylord for regionals, I was extremely disappointed because I really thought we were going to host regionals at Richfield. Mm -hmm. And I didn't, I hope I didn't uh, relay that to you guys that I was, I was bummed that we had to go to Gaylord. I really was. Mm -hmm. I did not want to go to Gaylord. That experience turned out to be awesome. Mm -hmm. It was incredible. Mm -hmm. That was a really cool bowling alley. Yep. Um, ran by the VFW up there. Um, you guys did well up there. I mean, yeah, there was a lot of snow, but in the long run, there was nothing to complain about. That mm -hmm. right. that was a great trip. Mm -hmm. Indeed. It was fun. The only thing that could have been better was to have uh, all six of them 
make the uh, state finals in singles, but yeah. it is what it is. But that turned out to be pretty good. Yeah, embrace it. You yeah. gotta. You never know what you're gonna get. Right. Yeah. So you gotta embrace it and go with it. Yep. All right. Nothing else to add. We are 48 minutes in. We're gonna call this one done. Podcast number 18 <laughs> in the books. Thank you both for joining me tonight, and um, hopefully you go on to St. Francis and become very successful, and whether you know it or not, you'll open doors for other kids in this area. Um, It's already happened with other girls that have gone away to college, Mm -hmm. so go there, continue to work hard, make us all proud, like I know you will. I know you're probably a little scared about going, but embrace it. (laughs) You just mm-hmm. said it. Embrace yep. it. It's uh, an opportunity of a lifetime. Yep. Go enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Megan, you got to come back and lead that team back to the top where they belong. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's not going to be easy. You got There's some teams out there that are going to give you a run for your money. No doubt mm-hmm. about it. But you guys got a strong group coming back next year. And you got a chance to go back to back in the singles. Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> I don't know that anybody's ever done that. On the girl side. Jordan Richard did it. Did she? Oh she yeah, did. you're right. Jordan Richard did it. Yeah, but look at her now. <laughs> yeah, you're right. She did that. So, you got a chance to do that. Work hard for that. Mm-hmm. I'll be there rooting you on. Me too. <laughs> Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully the coronavirus goes away and we can right. get back to doing some bowling. All right. All right. Thanks again for joining us. Um, that's it for this podcast. Uh, look forward to having some more guests on. So um, hopefully this will turn into more and more youth bowlers coming, talking about bowling, giving us some of your experience. So I appreciate you guys coming over to do this on lane 25 from Nightingale Lanes. Mm-hmm. In my basement. <laughs> so thank you very much. Have a great night. See ya. <laughs>